Coming up on episode 73 of In the Front Row, we go back to baseball and talk with that dude, Brandon Phillips. He shares his journey with us from the Expos being a draft pick there to the Indians, made a name for himself with the Cincinnati Reds, a three-time All-Star, and won a World Series with the Red Sox as well. He'll tell us all about that and what he's doing now for women's softball as he owns a professional team in Austin, Texas. Plus, he's eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2024. Will he get in? He shares his stories about that as well. All that coming up today on episode 73 featuring that dude, Brandon Phillips. Well, Brandon, that dude joins us here today. And, uh, man, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us here to share your story with us. And uh, want to talk about what you're doing now. We're going to get into that a little bit later on. But we want to start at the beginning for, for you. Uh, we're a show that's in North Carolina. You're originally from North Carolina in the, the Raleigh area. Uh, tell us what it was like growing up because it looks like you had an athletic family that, that you were part of. And, and how much was athletics part of your life growing up? First of all, I want to say thank y'all for letting me be on this show, man. It really means a lot, man. Uh, but with that being said, I come from a very athletic family. You know, it's, it's four of us. I have an older brother, younger brother, and a younger sister. And with that being said, my younger sister is the, the best athlete in the family. <laughs> but I uh, grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, but I grew up more in, like, the Lombard, Wagum area, but I was born in, in Raleigh, uh, Wake County. You know how it is. That's, that's what it is, what it do. And um, just grew up, man, just playing sports. Um, we was always outside compared to, like, the kids nowadays. They don't know how to entertain themselves without an a iPad or, or the social media. But just grew up. Um, my parents are still married. You know, uh, they're my greatest supporters. You know, I wouldn't be the man and the athlete that I, that I am right now if it wasn't for my parents. And, you know, right now I'm just trying to make big moves and, and try to make the world even better from – from a, a man standpoint, also from a female standpoint. Yeah, you're talking about your sister. She played in the, the WNBA, right? So basketball, were, were you, you know, she was a female. She had three brothers. Was was that a challenge for her? And did it help her out, I guess, obviously? Well, of course, man. We was very tough on her. That's why she's so tough right now. You know, no man's going to try to mess with my, my sister. So they don't, don't mess with that. But uh, how I really got into uh, the softball world was um, it was a story uh, about my sister growing up, you know, she was like the best softball player in the state of Georgia at a period of time. And my dad just, you know, stopped her from playing uh, because they couldn't prolong their career at the college. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my dad said, we're going to find you a sport that you can be great at. So, you know, she put down the softball bat, picked up the basketball. And what do you know? She playing at WNBA for five years. So that just shows you how very athletic she really is. Well, again, a native of Raleigh, but then you moved to Georgia at some point. What was that transition like for you to to move to Georgia and and to take your skills athletically to to a different region, different part of the the country? Uh, it was honestly growing up. I, I didn't really think about it. You know, when you're young, you know, you're just gonna go where your parents tell you to go. Uh, I didn't really look into it uh, <laughs> like that. I just went, you know, trust my parents. I had to you know, look where I'm at right now. And um, I grew up in Stone Mountain, Georgia. You know, I feel like that's where I'm from originally. And um, it, it was nice. It was nice. Stone Mountain, Georgia is not what it is right now. But back in the day, it was it was a very nice place. And I thank my parents for, for making things happen for us, for me to be successful, uh, especially for me to grow up in Stone Mountain, Georgia. 
baseball became your calling card, but basketball you were pretty good at as well, right? In in high school and and even thoughts of of college from that point as well. Oh yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I, my J, my my jumper was wet now, you know, since so I was a shooter, <laughs> I was a shooter, and I could just uh, pass the ball. I felt like I was Jason Kidd on the on the on the court and everything. And I mean, I played all sports, you know, I played football, I played basketball and baseball. And uh, I hated baseball the most growing up, man. I thought that baseball was so boring. Uh, I, I really hated baseball. But, you know, um, how I really got into baseball is that my mom, she said that uh, whatever sport you get the most letters in, that's what sport you're going to stick with. So I had to pick one when I was in high school. I was mad at my mom. When I say pissed, I was pissed. And I was like, okay, all right, let me just work harder in football because I really love football. I loved it. And basketball, baseball was the worst. And then next thing you know, my football stack was like, was a little bit just high. And then when it came to the basketball, it was a little bit higher. I'm like, yeah, yeah, baseball born. I ain't got to play. And next thing you know, I picked up the bat in high school. My damn stock was all the way up here. And my mom was like, well, guess you're playing baseball. I was like, oh, shit, I cry. I was mad as hell. But but you know what I'm saying, mom knows best, you know, your parents knows best. And, you know, I, I end up uh thriving in the in the state of Georgia, you know, coming Mr. Stone Mountain. It was it was it was a blast, man. Those memories are, are still in my head. If not for your mom, you don't have a 17 year major league baseball career. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, that is that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, you know, I'll I'll probably be out there playing football, probably got hurt. Probably played three years or, or probably didn't even make it because you know how football is, man. Nothing's guaranteed. Growing up, I, I heard as well that Barry Larkin was your guy. Why, why was he your guy in, in baseball? What did you try to do to emulate him? I tried to do everything like Barry Larkin. Um, you know, when I went to the game at Atlanta, Fulton County Stadium, and they was playing the Cincinnati Reds, and that was like one of my first like baseball games I really went to, especially with my team. And I just saw him out there just joking around, playing around, you know, uh, just being himself. And I went down there, and I just saw from the um, from close up, and you know it was just something about his his appearance, his demeanor, and the way he approached the game, especially him being one of the best shortstop to ever play this game. Um, you know, I, I really took that to heart, and I said I want to be like him. You know, and and look what you know. You know, I ended up playing for the same team he played for. Is that something that stuck with you in your in your mind that, you know, seeing him as a kid and then once you get to play for the Reds as well and, and the way you interacted maybe with the fans and, and the and the community? Uh, to tell you the truth, um, the way he approached the game, I really I really tried to do the same thing he did. But when it when I got there, you know, so I try to be my own self, you know, what I'm saying because if I wanted to fail, I wanted to fail being me instead of trying to be somebody else. But, you know, if it wasn't him, I probably wouldn't have took baseball as serious or even jumped into it. Be like, oh, I'm going to be like Barry Bonds. You know, back in the day, you used to be in the backyard playing wiffle ball or whatever kind of stick ball, whatever kind of ball. And you try to, oh, I'm going to hit like Eric Days. I'm going to hit like Barry Larkin. And, and that stuck with me. And, you know, you know, when you're a kid, when you see a person that you idolize, you try to go up there and just try to be like that person. But once you get to where he's at, you want to meet that person you know, dap them up, say, what's up, appreciate everything you do. And then you go out there and be the best self you can be. Yeah. That's, it's incredible. They, again, you had a chance to, to fulfill that dream in a sense be, by being a Cincinnati red. And again, we're going to talk more about that, but so you're signed to go to Georgia, you're going to play football and baseball at Georgia. How close were you going to there? You know, and then you get drafted at the same time. Were you close to, to going to Georgia? I was very close. I was very close to go to Georgia, but then next thing you know, I was just like, 
I mean, you know, when you're 16, 17 years old and somebody throwing some money at you, you'd be like, oh, snap, you know, then what can I do? But my mom, you know, they was like, Brandon, do you do what's best? Of course, I wanted to, my education was always first at that time. But, you know, um, I really wanted to play. I really wanted to do it. And, you know, because baseball, I feel like baseball is life. And, you know, what did I, what happened? You know, I ended up playing for a long period of time, and I'm glad I made that, that you know, that step. Well, it all started in 1999, second round draft pick of the, the Montreal. Man, why you got to tell everybody? It's, why you got to tell everybody about my age, man? <laughs> I know black don't crack. I look good. I look young. You know what I'm saying? But damn. Well, I know that the fact that I bring up the Expos, I mean, that shows your age a little bit as well, you know? <laughs> That's dirty. <laughs> what was that like? What was that experience like? What, what did you find out that you were drafted? And, and, and what did you think about the Expos at the time? Man, the funny thing about it, uh, Daryl Monroe came to my house. And, you know, he's the one that drafted me with the Shout out to uh, the Daryl Monroe. Uh, he came to my house. He's like, Brandon, we select you for the Expos. And I was just like, oh, man, this is awesome. Can't wait. So I go look at the my, my little PlayStation or what was it? Play, yeah, I looked at my PlayStation at the time. And I looked at all the roster and I looked at everybody. And I saw, what's it? Ooh, Guerrero on the team. Orlando Cabrera. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, ooh, who job I'm going to take? I'm taking somebody's job. I'm taking somebody's job. That's what it's about. I'm going to be on, I'm going to be on, uh, what game was it back then? Just whatever baseball game was on back then. And then they see, you know, he was like, yeah, just so you know, you're going to Jupiter, Florida. I was like, what? <laughs> I said, he's like Jupiter. I said Jupiter, Florida. I said, what the hell is that? He was like, yeah, you gotta go to the minor leagues. And I, I didn't know nothing about the minor leagues. I said, I ain't going no damn minor leagues. I gotta go to the minor leagues. I'm gonna go to Montreal. <laughs> and then next, you know, I, I didn't really know that much about baseball. That's how out of the loop I really was. I was all about basketball, basketball and football. And you know, I ended up going to Jupiter, Florida, going to rookie ball. The only people in the stands is your parents. But you know, <laughs> but you know what? I stuck with it. I was happy. And uh, it was fun. And just playing for the Expos, man, I mean, it's a lot of guys that came out of there. And and for me to say that I'm a part of that history, I mean, you know what I'm saying, Cologne, and you know what I'm saying, got Cliff Floyd, Vladimir, Guerrero, you know, um, all those, Randy Johnson, Pedro, all those guys played for the Expos. And I can say that one, uh, uh, a name that played for them, it's like an honor, man. You're always going to be a part of history. Yeah, it certainly is some big names, as you mentioned there. And you know, for you, like you said, you, you got the education of, okay, here's minor league baseball. You know, you're not getting to that league that that quick. And for you, it took, it took you a while. Eventually, you get traded to Cleveland as well. So what was that like as a young guy when you heard that you got traded and and, and, and dealing with that? You know, was it you – know, how, how did you deal with it? I mean, it, it sucked, you know what I'm saying, because, you know, when you're in the minor leagues, you have all these friends and you, and, and you want to play and get up to the major leagues with them. And when I went to the NMG, it was a different, different atmosphere. You know, I had to learn a new organization, had to learn the new coaches and everything. And just being a guy that's coming to a new organization and don't know how everything's ran, it was difficult at the time. But, you know, uh, I'm happy that I did go through that because it made me a stronger person and it made me who I am right now, it even though it took me a minute. But the simple fact is I just said, you know what, instead of me trying to do it their way. I had to go out doing it my way. And then that's when I just say, you know what, I'm gonna be the flashy. I'm gonna be the, the, the cocky player on the field, but still stay humble. Um, and you know, it worked, you know, I ended up having success. And then, I, and then as you know, um, I ended up getting traded to the Cincinnati Reds, which was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, it, it was up and down some really good success with Cleveland, but then you're back and forth between Cleveland and, and Buffalo and AAA. You get traded to Cincinnati in, in 2006. 
So Barry Larkin, your guy, you go to the Reds. Is that when things really opened up for you? And not only maybe personally, but professionally and in your game, it seems like things started to flourish once you got to Cincinnati. Yeah, when I got to Cincinnati, man, uh, Jerry Naren and Wayne Kresge, I shout out to those two guys, man. I wouldn't have been with the Reds if they didn't take, uh, what I can say, take a chance and believe in my craft. They called me in the office and they was like, Brandon, hey, we're going to be 100. We know we heard things, we saw things, but we want you to do it your way and have success. If you can't do it that way, then you got to do it our, our way or we're going to release you. When he said that to me, I mean, they said it blunt just like that. And I'm just, I'm the type of person that keep it 100. I said, thank you very much. That's all I needed to hear. And I just, just flipped the switch just like that. And I became that dude. <laughs> you was, and like I said, I was always that dude. You just said no about me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just had to, I had to be in the right organization for me to be that dude. And the Reds gave me that opportunity. Yeah. So were you not? Were, were other organizations up to that point? You think they weren't as honest with you? I mean, you needed to, to be honest. I, I, when I was with the Expos, they let me be myself. I was my myself with the Expos. When I went to the end, it was kind of hard for me to really be myself because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes some people take my flashiness, my smile, they take it like, like I'm nonchalant or I don't respect the game. But nowadays, you look at the game right now, <laughs> boy, if I was playing in the days right now, boy, I'd probably be the, 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 your favorite player, favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, maybe you're ahead of your time, right? I mean, we were just talking off the air with, with JR, our director, producer, and creator, about how you know things are different these days. They they let them have fun. Uh, do you think yeah, you were yeah. ahead of your time and in, in what you were trying to do and you, your personality at the time? Uh, I can say that I was a trendsetter. That's what I the majority of the time I can say that because there's a lot of things that's going on in uh, Major League Baseball right now that I was doing first, but I got fined for it, but I didn't really care. <laughs> You know, said so now, I mean, you know, I could have saved me a lot of money if I was playing right now. But back then I was transcending wearing all the bright colors, doing all the things that people are doing right now, especially with the gloves. Um, yeah, I got sued by Rawlings with because uh, I had gold on my glove. But now you look around, you see that door getting Gucci and all this other crap on people's gloves. And I'm just like, God, <laughs> I said, Major League Baseball owe me some money, man, from them fines. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They, they owe you a little bit right there for sure. Uh, but but again, you know, you were flashy, but, you, you know, you produced as well. You know, in 2007, the first second baseman, 30-30 club for you, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. So how'd you find that balance? How, how were you so good, obviously, with the power, but then the speed once you got on the bases? I'll tell you the truth, I can't really say that I, I, I did it all by myself. Now, you got to thank my teammates. They really helped me out. They kept me poised. They kept me they kept me hungry, you know what I'm saying? Playing next to King Griffey Jr., Adam Dunn, Austin Kearns, Willie Moe, you know, um, I mean, Edwin Arconcion, you know what I'm saying? Bronson Arroyo, those cats, man, we had a great organization. We had great players. And I can't really just say that I just took credit of that, but when you have a, a team that's hungry and when you're just playing next to the kid, you know what I'm saying? Of course, you're going to step your game up. And I really appreciate them for, for making me step my game up because, you know, um, somebody got to make all the outs and I wasn't trying to make all the outs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you mentioned some of the guys you played for, and then obviously that organization, very historic organization, you were breaking records that Joe Morgan set as a second baseman, a Hall of Famer as well. What did that mean to you to, to see what you were doing and the numbers up against somebody like Joe Morgan? Uh, I'll tell you the truth, man. I was never a, a numbers person. Um, I didn't really think about it. I was just playing the game because I was really just trying to get my, my foot in the door and try to show everybody I can play this game. 
But me and Joe Morgan, we became very close. And he just said, Brandon, don't, don't be better than me. You know what I'm saying? Be a better version of you. Because he said I was better than him. And for him to say something like that, I took that to heart. And I was like, man, Joe, shut up, man. I ain't better you, mighty Joe. I ain't better than you. But, you know what I'm saying, before everything, before he passed and all this other stuff, he put my numbers next to his or whatever. And I was just like, wow. I said, now I understand what you mean by what you said at the beginning of when I first came over there. And my numbers were very close to his. I mean, of course, I didn't have no MVPs in the World Series at the time, even though I got one with Boston Red Sox. But for him to be the big red machines, his team was amazing. But for him to put just my numbers with the Reds next to his, you know, um, I mean, just coming out of his mouth, just hearing him say it, man, it just really means a lot. But at the end of the day, regardless of what my numbers was, Joe Morgan is the best second baseman to ever play for the Reds and also maybe in Major League Baseball. Yeah, again, obviously, once you're there, you, you learn more about the history. Did you did you spend time with Morgan and other guys as well that, that were that big red machine and then you guys coming through after that? To tell you the truth, uh, I spent a lot of time with the big red machine, man. You know, one person I really spent a lot of time with was Sparky Anderson, man. Rest in peace to him. And, you know, uh, Joe Noxo, those guys, man, I was really close with them more than time because we used to go on cruises and everything together. And um, but the main people that I can really say that I, I really had, you know, said that the, the, uh, the best relationship with was Eric Davis. Eric Davis, man, Mr. Red himself. You know, uh, they call me Mr. Cincinnati. So, but he's Mr. Red. He's the man. So I'm Mr. Cincinnati because I was all in the community doing all kinds of stuff, going to little kids' games. You know, what I'm saying doing all kinds of stuff before all these pups right now was doing it, but I was doing it way before them. But, but anyway, but Eric Davis, he really kept me intact, man, and uh, he really showed me the way and and tell me about the history of the game, man, because I really didn't know that much. I didn't know nothing about the wire to wire. I didn't really know how amazing uh, the Cincinnati Reds and how the history of the Reds itself and the organization was that deep. But, you know, um, when you have Pete Rose talking to me, calling me on the phone, when I got, I mean, you have the hit King and you got Joe Morgan and Eric Davis on your side. I mean, why would you want to even leave a place like Cincinnati? And that's what it was. But, you know, um, I just, it's just a lot of respect that they really showed me in those legends is being around them just made me a better player and a better person. Yeah, certainly baseball royalty. Some of the names you mentioned there, Dusty Baker, another big name, and he was your manager for, for a number of years. How, how did he yeah. help you individually, help your game maybe evolve and help you continue to be, you know, a in, nice individual and a good individual out there on the field? Well, man, Dusty Baker, man, he's a father figure, man. I love him as a pops, man. And, and the crazy thing, him and my pops kind of do look alike. You know, <laughs> man, I'm just like, man, come on, pops, what's up? But one thing I can really say, man, I'm very happy that Dusty finally won one, man. I'm very happy. I feel like when he won one, I feel like everybody who played for him won one because we knew how how deep that really was and how, how many times he came close to doing that. And I just feel like that was just the, the the cherry on top of his whole career as a player and also as a, as a manager. And, um, you know, just him, he's a he's a player's coach. You know, if, a lot of people that don't like playing for Dusty Weather, there must be a reason why. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's the uh, he doesn't have his flaws, but to me, if you if if you want a person that keeps it 100 and he and you can easily come talk to or whatever, if you can't do that with Dusty, then I, I don't know what to tell you because his door is always open. He kept it 100 and he's always trying to put the players to be successful, you know, in, in, in the best way, not for you, but also for the team and also for your, and, and for yourself, if that makes sense, because there's a lot of players who think they can hit ones and two starters, but they kill three, four or fives. So Dusty was smart with the numbers that he'll only play those guys during the three, four, and fives, and they'll sit them down for the ones and twos. And then next thing you know, 
they look like a Hall of Famer. They look like great players, but they really ain't that good. <laughs> but but the simple fact is Dusty was smart and he just knows the game, man. I'm I've been it's been a blessing to say that I played for Dusty Baker. So he was an analytics guy before analytics were, were huge. I'm not gonna say the analytics story of that. He was about just basically their swing and but if you wanna say that, you can say how about this? Go ahead, just let's just say that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's just say, yeah, yeah, you can say that. But he did it in his own way, though. He didn't do uh, the 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 what's this the the top flight and the the launch angles and all uh, the shifts and all that kind of stuff. No, nah, it wasn't like that. It was like you could hit, and then you're gonna play. If you could hit certain type of pitching, then you're gonna play, and you'll sit your butt on the bench. <laughs> smart baseball guy, maybe maybe not analytics, but smart baseball guy, Dusty Baker, something, something like that. <laughs> well, during his time, you became an All Star for the first time in 2010, a Gold Glove season as well. But uh, what do you remember about that first All Star game for you? Man, um, just seeing myself in the same clubhouse with all the other All Stars. You know what I'm saying? Being there with uh, Mickey Mouse and, and all that kind of stuff, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, that All-Star game, it's, it's, it's ran the right way, but a lot of people don't understand how much work that you have to do when you go to an All-Star game. You feel like it's a day off, but it's not really a day off because you got to do a lot of stuff. A lot of people don't know you're still grinding during that break, but you know, for you to be honored and be in the same clubhouse with those guys and break bread with them and talk and see what size best they're swinging, what kind of gloves, and just, just talk the, about the game. Um, you know, just being around those guys, man, it's, it's just nice, man. It shows you that you are a uh, part of history. You are a good player, so it, that your hard work does pay off. Was there a, a wow moment for you during that All-Star time, seeing some other players that, that again, that you're part of and you're on their level to, to kind of get that recognition? Uh, tell you the truth, uh... I'm gonna say, I'm gonna just say no, because I feel like I deserve to be there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like that they should feel the same way that I feel. I'm not gonna say, oh man, I'm in there playing next to Hanley Ramirez. Yeah, man, this is tight. Yeah, this is what this this is where it's at. I mean, you know, I mean, he's a good player. Like everybody in here is good players, but it just feels good just to be in that room of presence of greatness. You know what I'm saying? But. Uh, when the legends come in there and they talking to us and, you know what I'm saying, like when Anaheim or whatever, they come in there and you meet certain players. Now, that's a great feeling, you know what I'm saying? But being on the same level with those guys, I mean, I just feel like it just feels good just to play, be in the same room with, with people that you play against. Three-time All-Star. Do you think you should have been an All-Star a couple more times beyond that three? Of course. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things that could have been different, but in my time it was – Everything was different, you know what I'm saying, compared to now. You know, so I feel like I, I should have won more gold gloves, and my numbers really say so. Uh, I feel like I should have won more silver sluggers, but my numbers say so. I mean, you know what I'm saying, men lie, women lie, but you know what, my numbers don't lie. That's one thing I can really say. And there's just a lot of things that, that can be different, you know. But when you have coaches and you have different people that can, you know what I'm saying, and like the fans voting for, you know, you know, say so if fans are voting or whatever, it takes away from things. But, you know, we do it for the fans regardless. But I'm just saying when it comes to the system, that's just what it is. But the fans do, the fans do run, you know, so when it comes to the fans, they do run it and they run the point system and everything. And that's a blessing. But, you know, like I said, some things just you can't change and you just got to run with it. 
again, a 30-30 guy, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases, but four go gloves as well. What made you such a good defensive second baseman? Uh, hard work, you know, hard work. I want to be the best. So, you know, I took my little flat glove, you know, I took my small glove, I took them out there, and I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be like Roboto Alomar. I wanted to be better than him. I wanted to be better than and Pokey Reese. I wanted to be better than all those cats. I mean, I looked up to those guys. And when you look up the guys that play your position, you know, so you want to try to be better or try to take some of the things that they're doing into and add into your game. I didn't really see Joe Morgan playing like that. I didn't really see him play. So I had to see guys that I feel like that, that are flashy and that I can really take into my game. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is this, like Pokey Reese and Alomar, they made the game fun. So I wanted to do that. I couldn't watch Jeff Kent, you know what I'm saying, take a ground ball. Like, he's a great player, but it looked boring when he's catching a ground ball. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to find something to, to make me just stay in the game and have fun playing the game. And that's what I chose to do, man. Like I said, man, when you're a kid and you, you got to find things that work for you. And those two players work for me. And certainly always with a, a smile on your face as well, feeling that ball at second base. And uh, again, a, a great career with Cincinnati. It seemed like everything worked there, but eventually you get traded 2017 to Atlanta. What was that moment like for you to, again, to have kind of the, the pinnacle of your career being Cincinnati, all those honors, and then all of a sudden you're, you're on the move again? Oh, that was, that was something I wanted to do. I didn't want to leave Cincinnati, but when they want to – you know, saying rebuild and stuff like that. I wanted to do that, but I didn't want to rebuild sitting on the bench. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't platoon with people that I knew I was better than. And I was right. But the simple fact is, you know, it's not, it's, you got to do what management says. But I just didn't want to rebuild. I wanted to win the World Series. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, if I was going to get traded, I wanted to go to one place and that's go back home to say that I played in Atlanta, Georgia, watching Andrew Jones, Chipper Jones, all those guys. Uh, with the Braves on their chest, and I had the opportunity to really do that. I love Cincinnati. Didn't never want to leave them. Never want to leave. But you know, when you get pushed out a little bit, you know, saying you got to respect that, tip your hat, and say thank you very much. You know, I'm saying, would I like to go back to Cincinnati right now? Sure, I would love to go back and in my and and retire. You know, what I'm saying in Cincinnati, that's that would be a dream come true. You know, because that's where I feel like that's the, I'm the man. But playing for the Braves was is the best. It's one of the best feelings I ever had. You know, one of my best friends, Jarvis Johnson, you know, um, before he passed away, he told me that uh, he said, Brandon, you're going to play for the Braves before I pass away because, you know, he had cancer and everything. And I was like, yeah, whatever, man, you ain't going nowhere, blah, blah, blah. You know, he ended up passing away. And then, you know, uh, a little bit later, you know what I'm saying, uh, the Reds told me that, how do I feel about going back to play for the Braves? And I was like, wow. Yeah. I said, this cat, this cat's smart. <laughs> I said, God told him something. And, you know, and then they said, no, I couldn't, I couldn't say no. I mean, the Braves let me come over there and play every day compared to platooning with, uh, Jorge, oh, was it Jose Posada? I think that's his name, or oh, Peraza, you know. Uh, and I just, you know, I just had to go play every day. That's what I want to do, man. I feel like I still have it. And, I mean, of course, I would have loved to get my 2,000 hit and my 200 home run and, and break, uh, have all my numbers, milestones happen with the Reds, but, do it in front of my hometown. I mean, that's something that it was cool too. Well, divine intervention gets you to Atlanta with that, that trade. And as you said, uh, 2000 hit August 30th, 2007 against the Phillies. What do you remember about that 2000 hit? Tell you the truth. Uh, I didn't really look at it a certain type of way. I just played the game. I just played the game and I was happy that I finally did it. 
You know what I'm saying? It would have been nice to get more more hits and, and stay in Atlanta. But, uh, you know, I got that hit and I was happy, man. But a lot of people – after the game and a lot of people put me in the office and they was like, Brandon, you know, you know you just made history. And I was just like, what do you mean? I said, 2,000 hits is just 2,000 hits. It's not 3,000. He said, but you got to understand there's only – five second basements to ever have 2,000 hits, 200 home runs, and two, 200 steals. And I was like, okay. I said, the other four in the Hall of Fame, you're the fifth. And I was like, wow. I said, I said, history? Just history? It was like history. And I was like, you know, that 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 speaks speaks volume. You know, it says speaks volume. But I've never been that type of person to really, like, look at the numbers or something like that until, like, towards the end. You'd be like, damn, man, if I play like one more year, I might get 20, I might do that. So that's when it started happening. But when you're playing, I try to just play the game, man, and just have fun, man. Just do it for my family, do it for the fans. I've always been that type of person. I didn't do it for the money. I didn't do it for many things. But, you know what I'm saying, I want to be taken care of. That's one thing that I always wanted to do. And that's how I approach the game. And I'm happy that I, I did it my way. Yeah, you can tell you're not a stat rack because you didn't know any of that stuff. Go, you I know, know like nothing, man. just a base hit, right? It's it's 2000, which is great, but uh, yeah, yeah, rare company for you, certainly as a second baseman. And you know, in Atlanta, you know, you were there with some younger guys, kind of get started mm -hmm. in their careers. Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, you moved to third base, so this guy mm -hmm. Ozzy Albies can can take yes, a second yes. base as well. Do you yes. take credit for their careers, and and you know, were you somebody that was you know that veteran presence for some of those guys? No, nah, man. I mean, those guys can play, man. I, I was just happy just to be a part of it to say I can see Akuna and see and uh, Ozzy. I can just see those guys play. Freddie Freeman is one of the best underrated players in the game, and I feel like that. You know, everybody knows he can hit, he can play, but he can do everything. I mean, he's very underrated, and I'm happy to see that he's still doing his thing in LA. Um, and and Ozzy, hope he just if he gets stay healthy a whole season or whatever he has, his, he has tremendous like. Uh, upside that's something about him Akuna is going to be Akuna as long as Akuna is just having fun he's going to be a better player and I'm happy just to see those guys doing their thing man and um representing for Atlanta but also representing for themselves is Acuna a guy you said having fun that kind of is a Brandon Phillips type of guy just with a smile and, and just enjoying playing baseball uh can I say he's a Brandon Phillips guy or is is there somebody out there that you think is, is a Brandon Phillips guy currently Tell you, I'm not even lying to you, man. I don't even watch baseball. <laughs> I mean, man, I don't. I've ever since I ever since I, I haven't been the lead or whatever. The, I've been, you know, saying playing an independent ball with a team yeah. that I co-own, but I'm not co-owning that team anymore. I'm over here moving, making other decisions. But just playing, just playing for my younger brother, man. That's just what's been fun for me. You know what I'm saying? But watching baseball, man. It's different, man. I mean, I'm happy to see that these guys are being able to do all the things they can do. But I haven't really been watching baseball. I'm not going to lie to you. But I know that Acuna's having fun. When I first saw him, you know what I'm saying, he was having fun. And now he's having a lot of fun. And and and, and, and it's fun to watch when I do see it on SportsCenter. But, shoot, I don't even think I watch SportsCenter either. <laughs> Well, as you said, growing up, it, it, it was a sport you thought was boring, right? So it's it's kind of boring it's, to you. If baseball you're not boring, it, I guess. If you, especially if you're not playing it, baseball it sucks, man. It's boring. It is boring. I love I love playing it, but watching it, oh, it's like watching a paint dry. Oh my gosh, it's just boring, man. <laughs> well, you didn't always have to watch it. You you continued to play, and as you said, you got to the Red Sox and a chance at you know at, at a World Series as well. What what did that mean to you to to be? in that setting with another historic franchise in the Red Sox? 
man, playing for the Red Sox, man, was 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 nice. It was just, it was a huge eye opener. It really showed that they really take care of their family, and it's about a business about being being united. And you know, I'm not saying like, taking a shot at the Reds or whatever, but you know, saying so when the Red Sox, they really did it the right way. They took care of their players. They really took care of their players. And for myself to be there for a short period of time. I mean, we did everything together as a team. And I've never been to so many concerts ever in my life and basketball games and all kinds of stuff. I'm just like, God dang. I say, I'm seeing future Bruno Mars, Justin Timberlake, and and Childish Gambino, all these people in like one in, in like one month, in two months. And I'm like, God dang, this joke is fun. <laughs> I said, this is nice. But for me to win the World Series with them, man, and for me to hit that that key home run, a home run in Atlanta. I mean, that right there, man, I, that was just, I mean, I can't write that up, man. It was just nice, man. I, I really thank the Boston Red Sox for giving the opportunity to really go over there, especially for me to win the World Series with them. Uh, it's just, like I said, man, when you win a World, a World Series with an organization, especially that's what you play for, uh, it just really means a lot. So it comes at the, the tail end of your career. You're eligible for the Hall of Fame in 2024. Your numbers, uh, again, 17 years, 11 of those in Cincinnati, over 2,000 hits, 2,000 stolen or 200 stolen bases, 211 home runs as well. Uh, what do you think your chances are for the Hall of Fame being on that ballot in 2024? To tell you the truth, man, um, I really don't know. I really don't know because I mean, do I feel like I'm a Hall of Famer? Of course, you're gonna think you're a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Do I feel like I'm a, um, I'm a great player? Yeah, I feel like I'm a great player. But you never know how other people think, and when it's not in your hands. You know, uh, you can't really worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it either. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? I, I made a lot of money and it's going to take care of my family. I, I made a lot of kids and a lot of adults now a uh, household name in their in their hearts and in their house. I made people smile. I played the game. I was healthy. God blessed me with the talent to really show the world. That's the only thing I can really say, man. And, um, you know, like I said, if it happens, it happens. As you said, going back to your sister, you know, with softball, there was nothing at the time beyond college for softball. Now there is, and, and you're a big part of that uh, with the softball franchise that you've started up. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and, and why that venture for you made sense? Oh, man, uh, we called the Texas Smoke. That's the name of the team. I wanted to go with something that was – that make you just think twice about it, just catch your eye. I needed a name, a name that nobody's ever used. And, you know, I feel like Smoke was the perfect one. And um, and how it all started, it just fell in my lap, honestly. It's just something that I was doing a great job over there with the Lexington Legends. And Lauren Chamberlain, she pulled me to the side and was like, hey, Brandon, how you feel about investing in, in women's softball? First, I was just like, Come on, man, you playing, right? You know, I was just like, all right, okay, I hear you. Just sh tell me what you have in mind and, and I, you know, run it by me. And my general manager, uh, Eric, Eric Mays, shout out to Eric Mays, what's up, what's up? Um, he told me how, you know, softball, you know, so he's like, Brandon, softball's growing. It's really growing. You should really think, think about this and look into it. So I watched the Texas versus Oklahoma game um, on ESPN. So I did watch ESPN. That was a sports at ESPN. I was watching the game, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I was so intact into the College World Series for the women playing. I was, I got the chill bumps. I was like, man, they play like this? Like, the game is so fast-paced. 
I mean, it's so electric. The girls can play the game, and they don't have anywhere to really show their talent. And and then all the 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 empowerment of women's sports now. I mean, how can I really pass that up? And you know, I'm not just doing it just for women empowerment in general. I just try to so to do give these women the same thing I had when I was playing in the major leagues. It's an opportunity, you know, and that's what I try to do. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And for them to go out there and just show the world that they can play this game. You know, that's that's where it's at. You know, I have one of the best players in Texas, University of Texas history, Janae Jefferson. And when I say this girl can ball, man, she looked like me out there. She made me want to go out there and put on a wig and be like Joanna man out there and play some softball. <laughs> you see the team there, women's professional fast pitch. And, and it's you and your partner, uh, Jade Cargill, right? Uh, Pro wrestler, yes, that's my business baby. model yeah, as yeah, well. You know, is she the better athlete? Who's the best athlete in the family there? Man, tell you the truth, man. Uh, <laughs> she looks more athletic than me. <laughs> so let's say that. <laughs> I can do, there's not that many things I can't do. So I know there's things she can't do, but there's many things I can't do. But, you know, she's very athletic. I mean, you know, shout out to, to my boo, my baby, the queen. You know what I'm saying? Jade out there slamming people on their necks. So, you know, she tried to slam me on my neck the other day. I go crazy. <laughs> so I'd be in the ring, man. I'm, I might just, you know, I mean, you never know. I might just surprise people and just be like, you know, I'm about to come out, you know what I'm saying? With with a with my baseball pants, being the first like baseball player to come out there with some baseball pants, you know, saying part with a jersey. Jade out there doing a little flexing with her muscles and stuff, and I'm out there just looking good you know what i'm saying like yeah what's up what's up what's up me and my baby team you know what i'm saying tag team nah man, i ain't doing that i can't i'm happy for what she's doing to be honest man uh, okay, we breaking <laughs> but, news here today we breaking news well, for new like I say, hey, me, the only the only way i only way i get in that ring if she basically be like baby let's do it get in the ring come out here and slam some of these mugs and i'm just like i do it just for you but other than that i want her to have her own man, her own spotlight. It's about her. It's not about me. It's not about my softball team that takes a smoke. Um, I've been in the spotlight since '99, man. And right now, I'm just, I'm just chilling, chilling with the kids, chilling with Jade, traveling the world with her, traveling with the Texas Smoke, watching all the games. We got a doubleheader today. It's gonna be hot as balls out there today. Golly, Texas. I'm gonna tell you this. Living in Atlanta, I thought that was hot. Then I went to Arizona. Now that was hot. But being in Texas, oh my God! You see this tan I got? This boy, this is I'm a I look like 11:59 right now. I'm about to be midnight after this, boy. I'm telling you, that's how, that's how it's hot out here, boy. <laughs> but it sounds like it's something you're you're enjoying, though. It's it's you know again, kind of still kind of keeps you involved with the with the game, but a different sport as well. I love it, man. It's it's nothing better than this, man. Just just watching wrestling. And and watching this softball, I'm 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 enjoying this second life, man. I'm really, I'm really having a good time. And again, Hall of Fame eligible 2024. How how can people follow you? I'm sure you're on social media, that dude. And and let's go to that for a second. That dude, were you self-named? Did somebody <laughs> who who gave you that nickname? Uh man, let me tell you this. Uh I'm a very private person with my life and and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to do, to my sister, my sister and Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. I mean, he told me that he's like Brandon. You know, you have a, a 
big personality. Show the world who you are. I'm like, no, I'm too private. I just want to just make money and take care of my family. That's all I want to do. He was like, but Brent, trust me, if you don't like it, just get off of it. My sister, we was all talking. She's like, man, what kind of name, name what kind of name you gonna have? What kind of business about your name? And next thing you know, man, uh, I said something stupid, a stupid name. Just I probably said like, you know what I'm saying, uh, solution left foot or something like that. And then my <laughs> sister was like, man, 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 that dude, you crazy. And then next thing you know, we was like, hey, <laughs> that dude. And there it is. And that's how I ran with it. And we just took advantage of it. That was basically it. Well, you've got some smart women in your your, your family there. Your, your mom, who told you to stick with baseball. Your sister gives you the name. You, you know, Jade maybe gets you into the, the ring as well. You're, you're surrounded by some, <laughs> some good people right there. I'm going to say that I've been, I'm blessed. I'm blessed, man. I'm just enjoying life the best way I know how. I'm not saying I'm happy 24-7, but you know what? I'm enjoying the ride. You know what I'm and, saying? And again, is, I say. is there a way for people to follow you on social media? Are you are you out there for people to to you know? We saw the website. I'm there, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's at that dude BP. It's a D A T D U D E B as in boy, P as in Paul. That's me, that dude BP. So a lot of people saying like Brandon, why don't you just you know since it be at Brandon Phillips or whatever? And I'm just like I might do it, but I'm very happy with that dude. So. <laughs> There you go. At that dude, BP, Brandon Phillips joining us here today. Brandon, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, I love the smile. And, again, I could see, you know, why you had fun while, while you're playing. And, uh, you know, I uh, look forward to, you know, maybe the Hall calling next year when you have a chance and you're eligible. And, again, in 2024 will be the first time you'll be on that ballot. Uh, man, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me, man. This is a, a lot of fun, man. And keep on doing your work, man. Keep doing your thing. Once again, great stuff there. Great stories told by Brandon Phillips on his journey in Major League Baseball. Our thanks to Shelby Janner for helping arrange that sit-down. And we also thank you for watching and listening and invite you to subscribe to our channels. Be sure to share. Be sure to like these episodes as well. For our entire crew, including JR Quitman, behind the scenes, our director, creator, and producer, I'm Mike Vaccaro. We'll see you next time. Another edition of In the Front Row with Mike Vaccaro. Have a great day, everybody.